Hey folks, it's a little interlude here. Teachers on spring break. So people out there, this is what teachers do when they're off on spring break. It's way after 10 o'clock. It's on a Monday night and it's spring break. And there's three of us here and Rick is favoring us with a little acoustic guitar. something of the sort right there off his first album actually I don't think he wrote that song though you know I have you know what I have in there I have the bootleg Bruce Springsteen second album that I bought 30 something years ago at uh, I don't even know what the place is anymore it's, it's not open but the record something or another and it's uh, it has a little skip of the first song but it was never released because it was supposed to be a too close to Bob Dylan sounding. And whoever owned Springsteen after the first album refused to do it. Huh. But I have to look at that. But look, Carol, we got our little impromptu here going. Switched it over to vocals. See how that changes. Carol, come join us. Tell us what it's like to be a teacher on spring break. Woo! You're a Getting some now. rest. Rest is good. She took a nap today. She did take a nap today. Naps are good. Yesterday. People listening out there, naps a book are good. You have a book to read. But naps are good. Yeah, there's the original. Yeah, I'd sound just like Bob Dylan in 1961. 
Just a little bit older, though. From the green pastures of Harvard University. How about that song? How's that go? Understand Bob Dylan. What was that I saw? Did you, did you see it was on some documentary about his electric thing and it freaked people out because he played an electric guitar? And, and, and oh, a, yeah, the Newport Folk Festival in uh, was it 60. And they were all mad because it was like they were he was getting booed and whatnot. And it was like, that's not what we were here for. Yeah, it was quite the ordeal. But apparently, I, I, I've read some stuff post, you know. I, since then, and the, a lot of people that were booing weren't necessarily booing because he was playing electric, but they were booing because he played for like 15 minutes. Uh, he started late, you know, late, and then didn't really play a complete set as he was supposed to. So, was yeah, complete set. I'm not really sure what he was supposed to play uh, that particular gig, but he p- did not play very much. And of course, of course, at the time they were used to him being a headliner and you know the, the voice of the generation and whatnot. That would be disappointing. So sixty-four-ish. That would put it. That's uh, beat Nicky time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because you know, at the time he was, he was playing you know live sets of his acoustic music and his protest songs, and he came out electric with all those guys from the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, and which the I mean, the band was awesome though. It's, if you find the uh, the the England tour from sixty-five that he did, that's on his Don't Look Back, the documentary Don't Look Back. The, the music is incredible. Uh, I found a great bunch of musicians, great band. But I mean, at, at that point, he was done playing acoustic. He just uh, what was he doing? Mm-hmm. Not well, he I guess he wasn't. He was he, he was ready to move on. Yeah, he was ready to move on to the electric thing. Um, um, and what it, were it, the Beatles then? They were all acoustic. No, oh, no, not sixty four. No, they were so they holding their hands and such. Yes, because the electric had come out. Actually, late forties, but nobody was really using it. And, and Dylan was really uh, sixty-nine, seventy. Was it after the, the the concert on the roof? That was the last you know thing they last live performance, I believe. Oh yeah, we were watching. We were listening to uh, Mark Maron's podcast about uh, with what's his name? Uh, what's his name? That other Beatle, that that the, one of the ones that are on. Oh, McCartney, Sir, Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah, so yeah, the Dylan thing is great though, uh, with, with the whole going electric. And he always was into rock and roll. He listened to Little Richard and all those guitar players. Uh, Chuck Berry, that's what he grew up listening to. So I guess him becoming a, a folk act was maybe a little bit of an accident or just the opportunity at the moment. And then, but he wanted to rock. It's Did odd though to think about because rock is original from the, from the United States, right? Blues, jazz, rock, right? But history big, teacher coming in here. So, so, but the big rock bands of that genre were all British. The damn Brits, yes. Well, they, they stole our music very efficiently and effectively. I mean, apparently, if you, if you got a good actual blues piece of vinyl over there in England, it, you were quite the cat. That, that's you know, that's, you know, the reason is, do you think that it's because... That older generation was more progressive and willing to listen to the new generation music, whereas in the United States we were reluctant to do so. But if, if you don't remember listening to Paul McCartney, 
he was talking about what influenced him, Little Richard, some of the right. stuff back then. And, but and, that and was so controversial. It, it was things. controversial, and, and it was something that they weren't listening to, his parents weren't listening to. It's, it's kind of what made the rebellious of what they were doing. We are talking about the bands doing here. I think just the culture of Europe kind of led to that, and it, it was smaller in, in cities were closer together than here. And, and they were just recovering from just more, uh, yeah, war. They were just it more was, worldly. You're talking about ten years. Well, actually, some of that music was coming out in the early fifties. What you're talking about ten years after the end of the war, rebuilding London, rebuilding Europe, rebellious music, the whole generation of because they talk about how many of them were fatherless. Because their fathers had died in the war. Yeah, but that doesn't answer my question, actually. I mean, it's just, Europe was just ready for it. Um, I think with, you could get to the greater cities of Europe within a much shorter train ride than you could the the cities in the United States that were, you know, still relatively small. I, mean, I guess you think about what Houston, the size of Houston in the early 60s compared to maybe the size of London or even the bigger cities of, I don't know. Houston in the early sixties wasn't that large. That's what I'm saying is that yeah. I think so, I think they were a little bit more grown yeah, up over there. Tiny little place back in the pre-oil. And so this were, is fun. This is this is going to turn out to be a, a real podcast. We got Rick and Carol's on there reluctantly again, and Scrumpy, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you'll hear buttons later on. She's not a teacher, but she sure likes to teach us how to let her out, don't you? Sleep on the couch. I'm not used to getting this much attention from Scrumpy. What's she doing? Yeah, Scrumpy does love love. So anybody that's listening, Rick's a music teacher. He didn't just like stumble on the guitar. And I, I this is going to be Rick's real podcast. But I like this. This is fun. Just sitting around. It's spring break. It's Monday night. It's it's ten thirty. We don't care. We get up whenever tomorrow. That's that's part of spring break. Yeah, that's it's exciting awesome. in our world. It is a good Yeah, I don't need excitement. I just need some rest. <laughs> I, I, I'm continuing the preparations for parent invasion. Uh, yes. But your parents are pretty low-key for your playing. Yeah, no, Rick's parents are coming in town because it's spring break. My parents are just here. We that, when we did the podcast with my sister. I'm going to see my dad on Wednesday. And you're going to see your dad on Thursday. And he's That's part of spring break. 80s. 87. Pushing 88. Not yet, not till August. Don't rush his life away. Don't rush his life away. He's 87 and a half. (laughs) Pretty spry for an old guy. This is pretty spry for an old guy. Oh, pretty pretty fly for a wagon. That is my ringtone, by the way. My my students are are quite amazed that I chose that for. My students, I didn't know what you were. Some of them might. You'd be surprised. My kids don't even recognize my ringtone. What's your ringtone? Oh, that's right. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. <laughs> I don't have a ringtone. You need a ringtone. Rick? I keep it on vibrate. No one oh, you do too. The, the, the three people who call me in a month. I, I don't really need. I get a lot of spam calls. A lot of uh, scam. Scam lightly. The scam lightly guy's got to stop. Yeah. All the better best reason to not have. Do you have Amber Alert? Do you disable that? They're going to find that little girl. That little girl's in trouble. And when they catch Amber, she's going to get a whooping. <laughs> she is. That the silver alert, the silver alert people. I forgot when uh, 
Brian was talking about the neck on it. I forgot how much I sanded it and how much wax is on the back. So of it what kind it. of guitars in your currently holding on to? The acoustic electric Martin. Oh, it's a it is a concert shape. It's, it's actually it's a double O. It's a double O Martin shape. Because that's what makes it. Martin? That's a, yes, it's real. Well, it's a Mexican Martin, but it's licensed by Martin. They've gone down there, but that's what this curviness is. And it has no frills. It's an American Martin. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is a rich light fingerboard and a rich light bridge and hit and rich light on the top, which is harder than ebony. Is yours expensive, an but acoustic Yes. So yours plugs it. Right there. But your Gibson does not. No. They didn't have it's electricity when they made that Gibson. <laughs> that, oh, that's it. That's the extent of my guitar knowledge. I will just pet Scrubby for the <laughs> There she goes. So, Rick, you were talking earlier about the, the old French horn. Didn't you play a gig years ago for like some Christmas concert or something on the French horn? Some quintet, quartet, quadtet? Uh, no, I do have some uh Tet friends. offensive? <laughs> offensive. I have some friends who play in a, the, a uh, brass, the homebrewed brass ensemble. Oh, that's cute. And they... They're a bunch of guys. They're their band directors. They homebrew and they have a brass quintet. That, and y'all found each other. Well, I'm not. I'm. It's not. I'm not in it. Um, some people I know, because I play badly now. They all actually play their instruments in which they went to college for. I. Uh, I do not. What do they do in addition to playing their instruments for which they went to college? Well, they're, they're all middle school band directors. Oh, you um, advanced high school band directors. Yeah. Well, they just. Yeah, hey, they, they just enjoyed the geekiness of their instruments, and I abandoned the geekiness of my instrument to go geek out on another instrument. Uh, they, they play a lot of great literature. They do, uh, around Christmas time, they do all these breweries. Yeah. And then... Um, Here in Houston? Yeah. I mean, they play St. Arnold and... Carpa? Uh, nah. Eh, well, let's not talk about her. I know they've done uh, Buffalo Bayou. I have never been to Buffalo Bayou. Have you? Mm-mm. For the no, but uh, so they just play Christmas music and stuff like that. They have a a, a large notebook of tunes. They, they do holiday tunes. They have movie songs. They they have their Oompa stuff for Oktoberfest. So that's no. How many of them are there? There are five. Five. Them, yeah. And you don't play with them? Well, one time they they Tim called me and said, "Hey, we need a horn player." And I was like, "Tim, I can't play horn anymore, especially for a three hour gig. My <laughs> face can't handle that." Um. So they you know they play on a regular basis and they're fun. They so they, they do Oktoberfest gigs, they do Christmas gigs and everything else. Yeah. How do you teach horn and not play horn? How do you teach a kid to spend three hours blowing into a brass instrument so that you can't do it? He used to. He knows how. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all about the rehearsal process and the the pedagogy of the instrument and what. Yeah. The approach. You don't the, like the word pedagogy. I, don't, I mean, I, well, when I taught beginners, I played for them because they need a. Um... So, when they do sectionals, that's when they have the one-on-one, -on -one, right? Mm -hmm. Who does that? You don't do that. No, I, well, a sectional for us is the section. So, uh, you know, the okay. trumpets, the horns, the clarinets—they right. they have their own section rehearsal. But so, who, who teaches the section? I do. do. Other people come in. No, you do it. 
Right. Yeah. So for my band, I teach. I, you know, I, I do all the sectionals with all those instrument specific instruments. Uh, but some we do have some lesson teachers and master classes that, that come in uh, throughout the school day. So we have kids that take private lessons at school. At school, and they have a lesson teacher for that. Do they pay for that? Yes. Personally, have their own. Yeah. Yes. I did that when I was a little kid. But if they can't afford it. Well, then they don't. They don't. Up. They don't. Have but them. we do have some. That's some. No, I, I I grew up like that. I, I took yeah, I took private lessons. You grew up in Galveston. This is I'm sorry, honey, it was a long time it ago. It was a long time ago. It was before Title The War. Line. Before the war. <laughs> back back in the day when I was young and we just sat around and played the blues. We well we do have some scholarship money through the booster, so sometimes there are some students who get scholarshiped in or some sections like they'll take out Right now, our, our, you know, we, we need to beef up our low brass a little bit, so we have our low brass uh, every other week. He ta- inst- like once one week, the, the low brass guy will teach a private lesson, and the next week he, he takes a section. So, I Would you have to say buttons? You had to get in there sometime, didn't you? She hasn't made any noise yet. Yet. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. there we go. But she must have the yard on uh, on lockdown back there, so keep the squirrels at bay. I here the, the only the only the only band question that I actually want to even touch on on a lovely spring break night is 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 what is it like to be around the sixth graders who have never touched an instrument before and they are hell bent on being in the band. The sixth graders are interesting. Um, I mean, I haven't taught sixth grade since the 2011-12 school year. But they're, usually they're very excited about things. The smallest things get them really excited, like counting eighth notes. One, <laughs> two, three, and four. And that, that, that gets them excited. Um, so, But our, our, all the junior high staff in our, in our district, and in most places, have a real good handle on how to keep those kids engaged and they have little pass-off charts, and sometimes they do like karate belts. So you get like a little piece of ribbon, like when you pass off this mini, this mini scale or this etude or something that they, you get the white thing around your case. So their cases have all these different things. Oh, so, that's so cute. Yeah, so so like there's that's a big thing about teaching junior high band is they all have these always incentives for, for the. For that the sounds like fun because when when I was in junior high band, it was more about. I'm going to take your read away from you, and uh, uh, have you considered, you know, not, you know, maybe percussion or... <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't told any of that. I remember people going up there because our Dick Fricking was our guy who actually taught with me. I got to teach with him later on. He used the term gig and cats and cool quite a bit. And he's a trumpet player, and he played, he played with Doc Severance and some people like that. He talked about playing gigs in New Orleans and things, and... Um, but he'd have the kids get up there with, 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 with you, know, like, you want to be a trumpet player? Okay. And he'd give them the trumpet. Like, if they couldn't, if they couldn't blow a couple of notes within a couple of weeks, he, you were getting a bigger mouthpiece. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. That's where we got our baritone players and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, was, the sixth graders are generally exci- very exciting people to be around, but it's also frustrating because uh, there's just such a variance of talent throughout all of them. And sometimes these people just put a horn on their face and they, and they got it. And there are others that just can't figure it out. And then there are others that all of a sudden May comes around and they just 
explode with you know their, their abilities. So it's it's a very difficult challenge to wrangle all of those different ability levels with you know especially considering you start fifteen or twenty trumpet players or clarinet players in a class. That's a lot of noise. That's a lot of noise we made. They're young. Their fingers don't work right. Their bodies don't work right. They're distracted by everything. They, you know, they're they're in the ball and this ball and cheerleading everything out. So, so you know, it's how in tune are they playing? Oh, it, it's painful. Is it painful? Oh, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, you, it, but it, it, it's kind of a tolerant. It's a managed chaos sort of situation. We 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 were talking about in psychology because we were doing auditory stuff in pitch and different tones. We're also about being tone deaf as opposed to how it registers in your ear. So you can't, it's actually a deficiency in somebody. It's not, it's not the fact that somebody that, that, that's singing off key and doesn't know any better. It's, 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 it's not so much a talent as it is something that's lacking in the way you hear the perception. And all of a sudden, this was my fourth period class with all the band people. or the, No, it was in my second period class with all the strings and all the people from orchestra. And they were like, oh, my God, that's every violin player in orchestra right now. They said, only Francis, and Francis, I don't know if you remember, Francis is, he might arguably be the smartest and most talented junior in our, our school right now. And they're like, only Francis plays on key. Everybody else, it's just, it's just painful to listen to. And I, I know what it's like to listen to band kids play that are learning, especially, clar- oh, God, clarinet players, flute players. But I can't even imagine what it is like to listen to that many violins screeching oh yeah because because are they still putting dots on them and they're do you know that they're doing that kind of stuff because there's no frets there's no there's just i would imagine there's some of that i mean we don't we don't have strings in our district but you'd have to talk to someone who has beginning strings but yeah i mean it's, it's a very they have methods and practices for everything we are not lacking for that here in the republic of texas we've got almost all the resources at our disposal yeah, beginning anything is difficult, and then it comes down to we, you know, the getting the right kids on the right instrument. And uh, how reluctant are some to change? Is is it? Because I remember people that wanted to play, say for instance, wanted to play trombone and just could not get the slide, the discipline of where that slide was going to stop. And I I remember watching with the tricks on on where it is, how many an inch here to and touching the bell with your thumb and getting used to that and then you have to stick them on the lovely baritone or tuba again and are, are they reluctant to change well i think most you know, most of the good band directors uh are pretty good about framing that as setting the kids up for success and if someone's struggling and if you can move them to an instrument where they're they're, they're going to enjoy the actual i'm going to sit here and play my instrument and be part of the band do something positive most kids buy into that um, and you, and you, you just have to target the kids properly. Target might not be the right word. Um, <laughs> but you, you find them, and if, if they're struggling, I, again, I don't really deal with that. Gosh, if, if we had a kid who wanted to play trombone, we definitely do not push kids off trombone in my district. We're like, please play trombone. But trombone, speaking of, of that, is a very challenging instrument because as the, it's all based on you know where the slide position is, and that it's all feel. Like you play a clarinet or a trumpet, you push a, a valve down or put a finger down. That that's absolute. Yeah, the slide is is based on where it feels, and then the kid arm is an inch longer the next school year, and everything is completely thrown off, and they they miss their positions because their arm got longer, and they don't understand that. Well, what used to feel at like second position, you're now halfway between second and third. And so I, it, I still it, deal with that at the high school level. Because that's, that's, it's all about tone. It's back to chasing tone back with, 
There's lots of other things that go that way. With um, so you were you were the French horn guy. Mm-hmm. Were you always a French horn guy from sixth grade up? No, I started on trumpet and I switched to horn after my junior year, at the end of my junior year. In high school? Yes. That's a long time. Yes. Do you ever get to play a flugelhorn like a uh, like Chuck Mangione? I've played a flugelhorn, uh, but not like Y'all own one? Does Waller have a flugelhorn? Yeah, we do. Y'all have everything, though. That, that yes. the, the fact that you dug out that contrabass clarinet or whatever that monster was and and, and played it along. I just, I, I don't think, I've never seen our band with the flugelhorn. Uh, I know we have our marching. Uh, your your jazz band might use some. Might use some. Yeah, I, I've looked, and in, in the way they sit, they performed a couple of times at faculty meetings, but I didn't really get a... I didn't really get a good chance. And I just, I find it interesting because being at my age, uh, just, being at my age, uh, what, Chuck Mangione came out in 75 ish. So I was uh, 10, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And to listen to Chuck Mangione play, and, you know, he was playing along with the, with the tenor saxophone. I mean, when we were little kids at the band, everybody's like, we don't have that. What, what, why? Why don't we have one of those? And, you know, we, we try to play the sax parts with it and stuff like that because. It was just one of those those fun times. Why did you switch the horn? Well, I was having embouchure problems. Uh, my, I practiced a lot and played a lot, and my technique was was very solid. But uh, at one point, I just well, actually between eighth grade and high school, I I think I blew out my face. To be honest, was, I had some muscle problems, and I my range went away, my tone went away, my endurance went away, and I was just struggling. Was like the, was, who's it, Dizzy? Dizzy Gillespie, that's the, the blues jigsaw. Yeah, There's some other people. Too. I forgot, who was the trombone? There's a famous trombone player that had to, they'll just pop it right there. Yeah, it, it, it's, I, that's awful. It, it, that shouldn't be able to happen to be able to play in a impression with your cheeks <laughs> bucked out. Uh, but, but there are some people who do it. So yeah, yeah I just, I, I think the summer between eighth grade and freshman year, I played a lot, and I just, I overworked some muscles, and I just never recovered from it. And then when I, I knew, I was like, well, if I was going to be a music major, I, I couldn't exist like that. I had to be more consistent on an instrument. So I, I talked to my band directors, and they were it's like, yeah, let's look at euphonium. Let's look at horn. Does it take less wind? No. Because I, I, I don't play. I've not played. But being in the band, you know, you switch instruments. The kids are playing, goof around, stuff like that, trying to make sounds on their instruments. And I, I, I found the... I found the, and, and I had a uh, friend of mine had a trumpet in the house, so I, I, I played around, I didn't even a cornet, played around on some of that. But the French horn, that, that little bitty mouthpiece seemed to be, that's the smallest one, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's more of a resistance thing, uh, but they, they... Do you switch hands? Is, is trumpet right-handed? And yeah, the yeah, horns me with the left hand, which that caused me a little bit of problems. It's kind of funny. The, I started taking lessons that summer, and... This, this guy, the only horn teacher I could find in our town was, uh, he had just graduated college and was waiting to get a band director job or something. And he was all over me about rhythm because he, he, he thought I had bad rhythm and timing. He's like, you, you need to really get a metronome. And I, and I, I could not convince him that I, was, I wasn't be having timing problems because I had that poor timing. It's because I was learning some new fingerings. And, and was, left-handed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> in the we, trigger. I'm in weeks the into playing, you know, playing the horn here. I'm like, okay, I got to, I see, I see a D on the staff, and well, my trumpet, that was the first finger. Now on the horn, it's, it's one and two with a thumb. And it, it just took me a little time to adjust to that. God, that guy pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 so. I just, I, I wondered about that. It's the only one that's left-handed, isn't it? Is there a reason? Do you know the history behind the left-handedness? And is it left-handed, the marching one? No, in marching men, they play mellophones, which is 
like a trumpet, so they put it with their right hand. And our kids, I, I have they never... Go, they go back and forth? They go back and forth, and, and they really don't have a problem, and I've never found kids who have a problem. Uh, it's just, I think, because we spend so much time doing fundamentals where they just kind of get through the fingers. And, they, I mean, maybe they fumble a little bit, but by the time, you know, by the time they get to the, through summer band and into the school year, they're, they're fine. Um, plus, they're horn players, and they're just, you know, smart, superior human beings. So <laughs> we, uh, I guess it just took me, took me a while to realize I was actually one of those people. Uh, but no, when, when I did switch to horn, you know, because my options were kind of play you flame or play horn. And I remember sitting, you know, I, I, I was, I'm fortunate to say I was in a pretty good high school band. And I would sit there and listen to the horn players playing our literature. I was like, man, they always get some great parts. That's fantastic. And then, you know, we, I was fortunate enough to be in a family that went to go to the orchestra. We, we, you know, we would go to Pittsburgh, where my mom was from, and we would go to the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. So I, of course, was in the orchestral music, and the horn parts were amazing. It's like, well, do I want to play horn or euphonium? Well, there aren't euphonium. Euphonium is an orchestra, so I'm going to go play horn. And, and the assistant director at my high school is a horn player, so he you know, kind of showed me a few things. And I tried out the horn and, 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 and tried one out and said, this is, this is where I'm going. And so I, I, I look at that, and the horn parts, the French horn parts for the marching band seem to be the boring part. They, they're just, they're kind of putting the, just the whole notes and the middle notes and, and, and some of the background stuff, for what I remember, because our band director was a, it was funny because our band director was a, a, a trumpet player. Our middle school band director was a clarinet player. And he liked all the reads. And so when we did stuff and we didn't really march or anything, but we didn't we didn't mimic the horns. The saxophones didn't mimic the, the French horn. In high school, they basically gave us French horn parts just to, to blow notes and stuff like that. And the French horn players didn't like it and we didn't like it. But that was for marching band type stuff. It was completely different in in the symphonic band. And the symphonic band saxophones are kind of useless anyway, so for, <laughs> Is that that's not what they're made for, and, and, and you want to play sax, and you're like, I want to play something cool, and you're like, this is boring. It's just yeah, you saxophonist, you're you're our nemesis there as, as a horn player. Well, I, in the modern era here, marching band. I mean, back when you were in marching band, you, you they might not have even had a fifty yard line, you just had a patch of grass. But now in the modern era, they and hey, them leather helmets back <laughs> in the day, there, boy. Don't talk about them sissies with the face mask. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the people who are writing music for March Man now, are, are, they're very crafty and they're, they're very smart. So. Well, it's so different. Y'all aren't, nobody's playing like just, just like pop songs anymore. It's, it's gotten into this theatrical thing that's just... I, I remember being out of it for 20 years and, and going to watch our band play, and I'm, I'm not going to say one thing good or bad about our band. I, I saw them play, and I... I, I, it took forever to put all the props out there and risers and, and, and there, were, there, were, there were things that spun and black boxes and parents everywhere. And I'm like, what, what, what it's, happened? It's what happened to the, you know, the playing the, the, the I don't want to use Michael Jackson right now. It's a little controversial, but, you know, playing Billie Jean. I'm, I remember fans playing Billie Jean is not my lover. No, no, I'm not about any of this. I have, uh, don't, Welcome back, no, girl. No, I am not. Yeah, I'm not into the 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 anime. No, although when our when our band uh, a couple years ago played Seven Nation Army, that was fun, <laughs> but they got sick of it. Yeah. So yeah, mel the, the mellophones now, which is what the horn players play. We we 
if you have a good mellophone section, it's always fun because they you put them out there. It's just a nice, strong little voice that can combine with everything. It can be on top of like a low brass choir or be underneath some high voices. And so there's a lot of finger wiggling going on with modern mellophones, especially in the drum more activity. Better, much better than when I was back back in back in my day. What do you enjoy more, the UIL competition aspect or the marching band? Well, I mean, there's UIL competition and marching band too. I don't know. Are you talking about the concert band versus the marching band? I, I say I, I think I enjoy them both equally. Um, I, they both have many positive qualities about them. Uh, the whole UIL competition thing is is a double-edged sword. Cause they, it's great to have a standard to work towards and, and you know try to develop a lot of refinement within the students, but it's kind of a long process and you know you got in a collegiate situation or professional situation and no one is spending the the amount of time developing a program that the high school bands do i mean for but is it, that necessary because the high school band student is not as adept as the college student is well uh, here's where I'm, I'm probably gonna make a lot of waves in the world is that basically we play music that's harder than our kids can handle so we without spending uh, four months you know just hammering out ice ice baby yeah there's ice not beer um, you know in our section rehearsals and playing things just very very slow and trying to work them up to it whereas in a college situation it, it's more within the technical the, the individual musicians can play the music there. So in a collegiate or professional situation, it's more about, okay, you can cut, you more or less can play the notes on the page. Now we've got to put it together as an ensemble and make, make this a, produce a product. Where in the high school situation, we are taking music that might be a little bit beyond the technical ability of the students and hammering into them over a long period of time at very slow tempos and gradually working it up. But that's just, that's kind of the, uh, that's what we're doing here because we want to play the biggest and best best music available, and uh, that has changed. I mean, really, in in, in the seventies, <laughs> God, it really was the seventies. It was maybe we were starting to move that way, but then it was all about just playing some pop songs and marching in lines and a couple of flags and a couple follow of follow each other. Yeah, and the marching band thing is a little bit different. That's that's a real challenge. And, um, I didn't realize how much it had changed. I'd heard you talk about it, but not watch it. It took me going back to a high school game, going, "Life is different now." Because Falls Falls bands pretty pretty entertaining when they were out there, and and watching them march and just and it, it's it's not even marching more. It's more like flowing and movement, and and it's it's none of this eight steps and hash marks and because that basically I think that's where we were finally moving to a more of a gliding thing, and it was. I, uh, it's it just it's it's not what I thought it was going to be anymore, and it, 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 the kids work so much harder now because it's it's like a it's a massive halftime show, and it, it's more theatrical than it is than it was back in the day. Yeah, it, it's exciting. I'm not gonna deny that, but it, 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 the things that go into a high school marching band production now are, are kind of outrageous, and even at you know my level, a five at high school that's you know, mostly successful and has a good reputation here in the Houston area. There's a, we, we now have these things called program coordinators where back in the, you know, six years ago, <laughs> back in the day, yeah, you, you know, the, the high school directors would sit around and talk about what they want to do. And they'd talk with their music writer and their drill writer and they'd 
come up with a concept. Well, now you, we have program coordinators who are basically the people who coordinate all the design team. And so we pay these people. Out, are they like contracts? Yes. So we pay, we, we pay people a pretty good chunk of money to say, here's what I think your show should be. And, but they, they take a lot of work off of our plate, but just, it's just kind of bizarre and amazing that this is, that's what's kind of come down to. It does result in a better product though, because someone else is riding herd over your design team. So you get music sooner, you get drill sooner and things are just, you don't, you don't run into a situation where it's August and there's some overlooked aspect of something that did not get, you know. So are they, they're overseeing your team as well as other high school teams? Yes. And it's Isn't that so, kind of a conflict of interest? Well, I mean, no, because we hire, we hire them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know you're about the conflict of interest, um, but the people who produce results, they're, they're very good at I, and they are good at making sure that I'm taking care of this team and, but we all know who else, who they're also working for. Um, so they're taking care of that team as well. They are, but that's, that's just kind of how it goes. And it, do they, do you compete against their other teams? Yeah. But, but we know that going in. But that is, but, so, but it's also a matter of the, the people who are competing against may not be, might not always be. They still have to perform. You yeah. Can, you could set everything up. It, I know well, that. Is it kind of like the fact that if, if y'all are out and, and say you're going to do, uh, you're all doing some, I don't even know who to think for an author for playwrights. They, like everybody's doing the same type of, of I don't want to use Shakespeare, but why not? Because it, it's at least noble. Like if you're doing Macbeth and somebody else is doing Hamlet and stuff, and you still got to perform it. You still got to go out there and put on the costumes, put on performance, and you judge them on that. But so you're do not, you ever do tipper tag? Is it ever the same song or the same? No, they're they're pretty good about their, I mean, because this is also their product. I mean, this is what they do for a living. So I got, it would be better. I mean, it would be a better me would be a better competition if it was the you're doing the exact same song oh yeah well, kind of like ice skating back in the days of the, the compulsory things yes. where y'all had to go yes. do figures yes. and that would be interesting uh yeah but no one wants to listen to the same yeah, march because i listen times. to my kids practice after school oh that's her end of the hall Oh my god. I have, I have the uh, stomp song. team on mine. Over I have the stomp team on mine. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> it's just, whoa. But th theirs is just a lot of tuning, a lot of songs. They'll pull kids out. Now, that one, I'll tell you, that, that couple years ago, that one cat that had the saxophone. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was sectional, so I'm talking about. And, and then the dude with the trombone. Oh, they were. Oh, color guards. Well, we'll see that. So, um, when, when do they. It's March, it's mid March. Mm -hmm. Football season six months away. Is is there a plan in place already? Yes. Yeah, we, we, we do we have about a minute and a half worth of music for a March Man show written already. How many minutes do you have to do? Ten? Well, the minimum is six. Our shows are usually about seven and a half minutes. And how long does the drill team perform? So you have in a half time, a thirty minute half time, how much time do you have to kill as a school? Kill? Oh my God! Usually it's a mad rush. Uh, halftime is twenty, twenty-four or twenty-eight, depending on who's running the clock. Um, and you divide it between you and the drill team. Yes. Do you, do you play for the drill team? Yes. Okay. Typically, like we we pick the music for our drill team. Really? Yes. Well, I and I, I choreograph to whatever you say. 
Here's well, your music. it's Here's not that. absolute. I, I say, hey, I, I email our, our, our dance team coach, who's uh, super cooperative. I know, I, I think we have it better than most people as far as getting along with our, our dance team. And I say, hey, here's some of the tunes I'm looking at. I'll send her five or six or seven tunes, and she'll come back with the four that we're going to do. And you already know for next year? Uh, that, we usually don't do that until maybe May. Are they modern tunes? Yeah, I, well, I, I try to... That's so good because the drill team meets over the summer. Practice. Right, and so, the, yeah, they choreograph all this over the summer. I try to pick a variety of something that's modern, maybe some 90s rock or some 80s stuff. And an then, example of what you're thinking about for next year. I have no idea what I'm thinking about for next year. You haven't but, thought about it? It's mid-March, dude. Get on the... Get well, on the I mean, yeah, it's mid-March. That needs to happen in late April. Okay. And I... Um, Bruno Mars always goes well because no. his, his tunes, I mean, they're, they're just great tunes and they're high energy. Um, we've and done. good to dance too, I can see that. Yeah. Any, any Bruno Mars song. And we've done some Green Day tunes. We've done, you know, 60s, 70s rock before. Oh, we've done Lady what Gaga. Well on the show, oh, that would be you've fun. Got, you've got marching, but you've got Don't play Bad Romance. Too, right? And we did Born This Way a couple years ago. Poker yeah. face. Well, basically, my, my, it's my what poker, it's what you my, my poker. I, I go to the websites where the music's published and find the music <laughs> that's written and pick from there. They've already they've already written it for band. Yeah, they're all, all there's so many pop do like a shuffle? Do they have this thing like like roulette? I, I, I filter by like how hard uh, the difficulty of tune that we want to play and the length because honest, I try to pick things about two minutes. Two minutes. That's it. For and the dance team, yeah. Minutes? No, the, so the dance, well, that's I understand. The dance team comes on. We, Which we, is we, separate from Color Guard. Yes, we play, we play the little, an, an intro. We play a, like a 32-bar intro, and Which they come on. Long. 32 measures at 120 beats a minute, you know, 30-something seconds. Um, my math is bad. Whoever's listening to this podcast, <laughs> Ryan's going to probably calculate that out for me. Um, but then, but then... Yeah, but I still need to apologize to Ryan. Anybody out there listening, go back and listen to Ryan. No, go back and listen to Ryan's podcast, The Chemistry. He says, you torpedoed it by calling it Ryan Talks About Organic Chemistry. And Ryan says, I don't want to hear anybody talk about organic chemistry. It is. It's not about organic chemistry. It's about teaching. I did enjoy that podcast. See? Anyway, uh, so the dance team, we play them on, and then they have to have their announcements. And there's a dance oh, yeah. team member of the week, there's a veteran of the week, there's a rookie of the week, there's the best makeup of the week, there's a social officer uh, of the week. Really? It's the best makeup? Oh, their, their, announcements, <laughs> their announcements take longer than their performance. Okay, so you got two, two and a half minutes for the performance. Uh, it, actually, the, da- the dance team sucks up about four to five minutes. Okay. And then we do uh, our show. 25 minutes. Yeah, uh, it's for both teams. Yeah, no, you, no, no, I'm talking about his side. I know, but both teams... 25... No. Sure, no. Both teams are sharing 27, 28 minutes. Is that minutes. true? So, yeah, each school technically is supposed to get 14 minutes. Just checking. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. Just... She questions me often. Uh, no, she probably should. There we go. So you have like 12 minutes you got for your show. Yeah. Which That's a long time. It seems like it, but by the time, again... By the time the dance team oh, vacates no, 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 the field, yeah. okay, and then we can move on and move our, our crap on there and set up. So you're not really performing for that. 
and then How we long do our are show. Actually, perform. I you know and de- you know depends. Early in the season, we have maybe four minutes of show. By the end of the year, we have you know the full seven and a half to eight minutes on. Um. So yeah, we, we it, I mean, there's just a lot of logistics, and you have to move lots of humans on and off the field. So yeah, between between both schools, it's. It's a lot, and we have. I said we have it pretty easy. I, I go and watch the six A games, and the six A dance team coaches must be just incredibly difficult to work with because the, there are some very intelligent, uh, reputable band directors in the six A world around here, and but even they have to cave to the, the dance team coaches because the, the dance team moms might be the most. Um, you, those are the people who w- you do not want to cross paths with. Or, you know, I can see that. Kind of so, like cheer moms. I'll get so myself in trouble here. Coming from a 6A school, what do you compare it to? Cyber, Katie, Spring Branch? Compare what to? Your school. Yeah, I mean, Cyber is obviously the most immediate. Cyber and Katie. When we go 6A, we're probably going to be playing. In, with Katie in the athletic conference or, or the Sci Fair School. So, well, so that's. Everything's mixed up now because we have some new schools. So, yeah, that, that, that's what we do. Don't we play Brian? Yeah. Brian or College Station? Yeah, Brian. College Station still 5A. Yeah. No, we play Brian. And uh, Tom Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Ball Tom Memorial. Memorial. Yes, we do. It's crazy. Life's crazy. It is. It's crazy. How many years is it for you now? This is year 16. 16? And how many years in Texas? No, you only taught in Texas, right? No. Let's see, this is year 8 at Waller, and then I taught 3 years in Gatesville, so, and then 2 years in grad school. Did your retirement transfer? You bought your years. Yeah, I moved it. I was pretty pleased with how that all went. So yeah, uh, I've been here a while. Yeah, yeah. Are your parents surprised by that? No. You feel like a southerner now? Oh, I, I think I've a few. I, I've lost a few. I got. I've hit a few check marks of the being a, a southerner slash Texan. But was it know. this year you had to go shovel snow again? And and the was that the pictures from the driveway and the in Ohio at Christmas? Or was it wasn't this year. Last year though, I had to move some snow for sure. Yeah, it's rough. Heavy. You, you don't, don't miss know. that, do you? You don't no, know. You've no. never had to shovel snow. No, I'm not. But I was in I was in Chicago back in the day at your at, at your uh, sister in law's Chicago in Naperville, and your brother in law's any students that listen knows I call it Chicago. But no, but they were they were Tom was out there negotiating with uh, the neighbor about who's gonna you know take out the cars in the morning. And I'm like, wow. I remember waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I was looking, I was like, I've seen snow before, but I've never seen it just come down like that. I mean, here when we get some snow, it's like, oh my God, let's go outside and watch it get snow. Because we had it a couple of years ago. It's still on my phone. I still got pictures of it. Still got pictures of the juke with snow on it. I think we're wearing buttons. But are you getting bored of this conversation? The band is not interest you, buttons? Did it tell you something? It's time to wrap it up. It's spring break and people want to have fun. It is spring break and we are having fun. I think it's time to open that DR. There you go. There you go. Well, 
I stole the guitar for Brent, so that's me hacking at it. Anyway, we'll wrap this one up. This has been our little fun spring break edition of this. How much time we got? Oh, we almost got 50 minutes. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. Sometimes you can, oh my God, if I was really talented and I could play Ramble On by Zeppelin, this would be the perfect opportunity to play Ramble On because we've been rambling on. Anyway, well, we'll hear from Rick again and we'll hear from Carol again. I'm, I'm way off the mic. I'm surprised we can hear this. But uh, thanks. Listen, remember the email. Please send some email. Teachers, T2T at gmail.com. Teachers talking to teachers. It's easy. Somebody email me. I know you listen to this. You're, just, you do, you're doing it just to make me mad. I'm glad you enjoyed my sister's conversation. This is episode 16. There's more to come. Thanks, and uh, I guess we're out of here. Rick doesn't have the guitar, so I'm going to... That's enough.